0: You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
1: This is Pharmacy Crossroads with your host, community pharmacy business veteran, the road trip goth, Bruce Neeland. Community pharmacy is at a crossroads. Pharmacy owners across the country are evolving their pharmacy businesses and making a bigger impact on their communities. Bruce talks with the most innovative community pharmacy owners, pharmacy industry experts, and people who are passionate about the business of pharmacy and its impact on community healthcare. Pharmacy Crossroads is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And now here's our host, Bruce Neeland. Pharmacy Crossroads podcast listeners, this is Bruce Neeland bringing you another edition of Pharmacy Crossroads. Today, I'm excited to have two wonderful pharmacists on the phone with us, uh, a father-son combination, Nasser Mahmood and Rehan Mahmood, who are the proud owners of a wonderful pharmacy in Pine Plains, New York. And in just a second, I'll have them introduce your, introduce themselves. But at least I want to brag for a moment on Nasir, who has is the recipient of the two thousand and twenty NCPA Lifetime Achievement Award for his service to the community and his service to the profession. So Nasir and Rehan, can you take a minute and introduce yourselves and tell us just a little bit about this wonderful community of Pine Plains, New York and the pharmacy that you two operate there.
0: Sure, Bruce. Thank you so much, Bruce, Uh, not only for inviting us today, but for continuing to highlight the challenges and successes of all those in the profession of pharmacy and also having this forum for open discussion and dialogue. I was born, raised and educated in Pakistan. I graduated with a bachelor's degree of pharmacy from University of the Punjab, Lahore, Pakistan, uh, a renowned institution worldwide. I came to United States in 1982 and went to Long Island University, Brooklyn, New York for an MBA specializing in pharmaceutical marketing management.
1: That's quite a background and um, you've been here a while, but uh, I I love to say to people like you, that's part of what makes America great. Thank you for bringing your business acumen, your integrity and your dedication to the pharmacy profession with you from Pakistan. That's wonderful.
0: Sure. And uh, here is Rehan.
2: Hi, Bruce. Thanks again for having us on here. Really appreciate uh, your time and all your efforts. Um, So my name is Rehan Mahmood. Uh, My father is He's the one who owns a Pine Plains Pharmacy that we uh, proudly work at and serve our community. Um, I uh, went to LIU, that's Long Island University, in uh, Brooklyn and graduated in 2014. So now I've been practicing with my father uh, ever since. Um, Actually, I started back in high school and that's when I really found my uh love for the profession. I mean, my parents have been so supportive. Uh for I have two younger sisters and uh they've always pushed us to do what makes us happy. And um it was never a thing that, you know, you gotta do this. You have to do whatever makes you happy, whatever you want to do, that's what you should do. Because really uh you can't be forced into doing something that you know you're not gonna enjoy. You have to enjoy it. So so that's what we uh have always uh really strive to do but um it's really been uh, a great pleasure and honor to work here beside my father and I mean as you know there's no one better I can learn from so
1: yeah so I suspect you have uh, cleaned a couple bathrooms and am- taken the trash out a few times when you were a high school kid right
2: yeah just a few times you got to start somewhere right so <laughs> you start at the bottom that's fine with me as long as you learn
1: well, and, it, it, and you've grown up in the community there, which, which I think, you know, uh, your, your dad mentioned a moment ago that he got his MBA. And um, that is an angle that we do want to pursue here a little bit. Um, you know, as a pharmacist, there's a lot of clinical things that you need to know. You need to be able to take care of patients that way. But there's uh, it, there's an awful lot of business in the profession of retail pharmacy, and and somebody who's uh, who's got the advantage of an MBA is a is a real asset to the to the pharmacy and to the practice. Um, Nasir, I know when we chatted earlier, you, you know, you said you weren't a real big numbers guy, um, and so we'll try to avoid that. But I do want to talk a little bit, or have you tell us a little bit about your philosophy for running the pharmacy. I mean, this is a business. Um, what, are, what are a couple of the major philosophical tenants that you use in, in order to help make, uh, make sure the cash register rings uh, and you put money in the bank at the end of the day?
0: So uh, when I came uh, to this town a fine Plains, a beautiful town, I realized it's important to customize our business strategies according to the people's needs. Uh, Empathy and knowing them by the first name. I have inculcated this policy into my team very successfully. I'm proud to say that most of my team members have been with me for a very long time 25 to 30 years, contributing to the ongoing success of the business in a world where small businesses are shrinking and become irrelevant up against major franchises and corporate America. We have seen unwavering support and continued growth over time. We, got, we, we get a lot of positive feedback and appreciation from our customers about how our team manages the pharmacy and their great customer service. It definitely helps that most of the team that works with us are also local town people. Yeah. Our, core, our core values are integrity, empathy, teamwork, and having a big impact in this small, beloved town, as Rehan. Mentioned.
1: So uh, calling people by name is not something that's going to surprise anybody. As a key asset, is there some management trick, some memory trick? I mean, how do you how do you try to do that? I mean, you're talking about hundreds, if not thousands, of people, right?
0: Exactly, and and we I, I always got the comments from our customers how do you remember these names? And I said, you got to have intention and you got to have something in the back of your mind that that's what you are consciously doing. So it helped a lot, everybody. There was a a lady, she had a goat form and every time she came in, Nasser, I am still amazed. How do you know my first name ever since I saw you? since 1990s yeah. and uh, that that makes a difference and that's encouragement from from the customers which uh, makes you do more
1: and uh, uh i mean do you is that i mean is that something you talk about routinely in staff meetings do you have any kind of uh reward for your staff if they if they start doing things like that, I mean how do you how do you get the staff motivated uh, on board with this type of thing?
2: So before we uh, bring anyone on, uh, sorry this is right on Bruce, and uh, we we always uh, try to incorporate um, these values into any of our team members, right? So so the patients that we try to help, we treat them as if they're our family right? We want the best for our family. And the only way to see how those patients feel and and what they're going through is is to know them, right? It's not, you're not just a number. You're not just a prescription number, right? You come in, we say, hi, hello, how are you, right? We genuinely ask. It's not just, okay, we're just trying to go through the motions. And in that way, that small conversation that you have with a patient, you have no idea what that can mean for that patient, you know, during that day or that. So, so, that's how we try to incorporate um, any of our team members, any of our people that we work with, uh, to kind of understand. It starts with your name, right? That that's the first. That's the first step. So, so,
1: so uh, I, we don't want to dig anything too terribly proprietary, but give us a, a, a some background, Rehan, on the size and scope of the pharmacy. About how many scripts are you filling a day? How many how many staff members do you have? How big's the store? What what are you stocking in the store? I mean, what kind of items are you selling?
2: So we have um, between eight and nine employees, maybe eight and ten employees. Our uh, team members that uh, are working with us and under us uh, at any moment. Um, now, in terms of the patient pop uh, the population. I would say 1,600 people in town, um, roughly, and then uh, it's a large central school district, which has um, 30,000 people that live around the area. Um, okay. Then there's towns as well um, that do come to us because of the central location. Now, um, in terms of prescriptions per day, we're maybe 100, 150, like in between that range. So it's not too big, but it's manageable. And that, and that, you know, I think is what makes us a more personal approach to patients. Um, you know, I, I can't tell you how many people maybe are just driving by and, and there are other pharmacies that are a little further away and they stop by and they say, hey, do you have this? Do you have that? And, and you'll be surprised. We have a little bit of everything um, that, that you can think of um, that, you uh, people that are looking for it and it really goes um at the approach of trying to have that niche and, and saying okay you're in a small town people don't have access to big name stores. they don't have access to every single thing possible so we try to keep once we find out that hey this is a niche that people do need and they want to have and they could really use we go out of our way and we talk to our suppliers or, or we figure something out um, and in the world of pharmacy, we're always adapting, right? And that whether that goes with medications, whether it goes out with treatments, and whether it goes with over-the-counter products, um, we try to keep a little bit of everything to, to fulfill and satisfy
0: satisfy the needs of the town. So ju- just, to con- just to continue with that idea, Bruce, just to give you an idea uh, how you have not been here, but to give you an idea about Pine Plains, uh, other than the pharmacy, uh, Pine Plains has a grocery store, a bank, gas station, dentist office, and a handful of dining restaurants. So people have to travel about 20 plus miles if they can't access what they need. So we try to get and keep uh, uh, readily available all of the things that people needed beyond just the pharmaceutical requirements, just like Rehan uh, mentioned. So in, in the last 32 years, Um, We have worked uh, hard to develop the trust and uh, relationship with each person in the town. We're not just a small business pharmacy owner, but also proud immigrant with the the typical story you hear about people coming to a new uh, country with uh, just a small suitcase filled with your family's hopes and dreams. And you work very hard to get to where you are, but your success is not just from your hard work. Obviously, but the opportunities that you come across and the blessings of God Almighty. So, those those are uh, really, uh, it's a small town in the northeast corner of uh, Dutchess County in New York State, which uh, neighbors with uh, uh, Connecticut and Massachusetts. So, we like that.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's a beautiful country up there. As I recall looking at the map, you're kind of halfway between New York City and Albany kind of yeah. tucked up against the Connecticut-Massachusetts border. Um, exactly. I think you told me before that you've got uh, a pretty good uh, seasonal influence of, uh, of city folks coming up there, and um, and so you have to figure out how to take care of some of them as well as the local residents. Talk a little In, bit about that.
0: Including many celebrities. and. Uh, uh, the most famous and most notorious being yeah. Elliot Spitzer. <laughs> <laughs> he lives in town too. Uh, Henry Kissinger visits us. We have a polo club there, so he he, he visits there too. So uh, yes, uh, during the summer months, we have uh, more traffic from the city people who have uh, uh, summer houses there, and uh, their needs are different. So we keep a balance between. Uh, uh the needs of local uh simple farming people and also uh the city people and especially now with the covid-19 a lot of people are nesting there now we have more population from the city uh, uh staying there on a permanent basis
1: is not that interesting so you you just brought up the magic word um I understand you got your first supplies of COVID vaccine just this week?
0: Yeah, so uh, before the vaccine, we started the testing program and I was so blessed having Rehan by my side. I am not really uh, uh, too much averse with with the technology. So he was very handy. He set up a program to do the COVID testing, curbside testing. And uh, he set up the appointment schedule and other things, uh, everything online touchless. And uh, we, we have been testing since uh, December 23rd, 2020. And people are so happy because nobody in that area has been testing. Then we started last week, we got the supply of uh, COVID-19 vaccine, 100 doses Moderna vaccine. And he did the same thing. It's a lot of work, a lot of background and uh, back-end work, which you have to do scheduling, getting all the information, entering into the computer, and then reporting to the states. Uh, not an easy job, but it's so fulfilling. When I did the clinic last uh, week at the firehouse, people were so happy. They asked me if they can donate something, if we can do something uh, voluntary. We cannot even dream of having uh, this thing happening in the small town of Pine Plains we never imagined. So it is so fulfilling and and satisfying that we need to do more and hopefully this coming week, I was given the news that we're getting 300 doses of vaccine. So I'm happy and uh, people are very, very happy. Uh, and it it just uh, takes all that uh, lot of work burden away when you see the happy faces and people uh, love
1: it. Hey, let's take a quick break and listen to a message from our sponsor. Hey, Pharmacy Crossroad listeners. this is Bruce Neeland, breaking in with a quick shout out to our major sponsor, the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance, or better known as CPA. The People, Programs, and Services at CPA are dedicated to the success of independent community pharmacy and their sponsorship of this program is one way they demonstrate that commitment. And I'm proud to share with you one more way they do that. Recently I was delighted to read a press release from the Community Pharmacy Enhanced Services Network or CPESN letting the industry know that CPA had just become the first national sponsor of the flip the pharmacy initiative. Wow. Pharmacy Crossroads is happy to share this news with you. You can learn more about the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance or CPA at compliantrx.com. Once again, that's compliantrx.com. Now back to our program. So, Rayon, tell us a little bit about how you did, what technology did you use to schedule this stuff? Uh, Evidently, you did the vaccines off-site. Did you pull in some extra staff help? I mean, tell us a little bit about the logistics of getting this done.
2: So uh we are doing both we did uh some at the pharmacy and then we also did the offsite clinic uh um just to meet the needs of a greater population um but but basically we have to use this form it's called it's through job form where we have to make a consent form we have to make a scheduler um and then uh really it's the data entry and like my father said that that back end work that's really <laughs> what is uh very tedious and time consuming um but once that is all set, then the patient can just come and uh, um, easily just uh, make the appointment and get their vaccine and then be done. They don't have to. Uh, there's no long call process. But for us on the back end of the pharmacy, <laughs> that's where uh, right. uh, it gets a little hairy. But but um, like my father said, I mean, it's extremely fulfilling, maybe one of the most fulfilling things that we've done, uh, at least for me in my you know short profession. Um,
1: how but about the how about the testing? was that rapid testing long-term testing
2: so, a- so we have both We were lucky enough to uh, my father um, was able to work with the department of health who um, have generously given at least let us borrow a machine that we can use um, for testing and then we all which is the molecular testing. so that roughly will take a, an hour usually other places you have to wait a day, two days, three days to get this result. Um, now, if patients need that, we have that capability as well as the rapid testing. And that's within 15 minutes where um, you're really notified um, on an app on your phone. So we won't even have to, you don't have to get a call. You get a travel pass sent directly to your phone. It's it's a um, uh, authorized travel test actually through Abbott, the manufacturer Abbott. So Okay. So, uh, that's called the Abbott Binax now. And, uh, it gives you a QR code after you're done to show and prove if you have a negative or a positive test result. And if you need that for work, if you need that for travel, um, or, or any other reason you have that at your fingertips. Um, so that's really been a huge, um, huge, uh, game changer for the town, because like my father said, there was nothing around. And in this, in this, uh, environment unfortunately you need to know before you see people before you go and uh, it's just been such a um blessing to have this for our town in our community so
1: yeah and and congratulations and i i gather that the work is going to only accelerate along those lines over the next few months and weeks so change yeah. the subject again a little bit so i i know that um it's a reasonably small store, about two thousand twenty-five hundred 2,500 square feet. I, I know in talking uh, previously that you do some stuff with special orders. Is that... Uh, a big part of your business, and, and I know you've mentioned briefly, but I'd like to have you elaborate a little bit more about how you do try to find out what people want and get it. I mean, you're using a point of sale system, you just listening carefully and writing things down, but how do you manage um, the front end and uh, you know specific items that people want that come to the community?
0: So, so it's not a large part of our business but it's a large part of our goodwill yeah so when people when people ask for and, they, and and if they are stopping by for example somebody going to Massachusetts and stopping by and see the uh, product mix we have they say wow I couldn't find it anywhere and that's where the conversation starts and then if they have any needs, If our regular suppliers uh, cannot have it, we go out and make all the effort to purchase it at a reasonable price with a reasonable timing next day or maybe in a couple of days. And that's what is so satisfying. And I tell everybody, I pride in getting you what you need. So that works for, and and my uh, team members, also keep that in mind, and when somebody asks them, they don't just say we don't have it. They say no. Tell us if we if we don't have it, we'll get it for you. Never say no to anyone, and find your way to get things what people need, and that really makes uh, loyal customers. And uh, and I think that that uh, strategy has worked in the last uh, so many years. When when I came to the town, that's what first thing I realized. There's nothing around uh, 20 miles, and if people have to go out of town, they will uh, get their needs there, Uh, everything. They don't have to stop at the pharmacy, so I said, why not try to get what they need here so they buy everything. It's convenient for them. don't have to travel, and uh, that has been working very well for us.
1: I'm a I'm I'm a big fan. Uh, about ten years ago, I ran across a pharmacy that I just fell in love with. What he did—it's um, a cute little pharmacy, about your size—but but he built a whole campaign around his special order process, or you know, the idea that if you can't find it someplace else, come ask me—I'll get it for you. That there were two things that he did that I just mm. found were ingenious and i i would suggest them to you if you're not already doing it but, but number one is is he was careful to have a special form filled out for special order items so uh you know he'd talk to the person find out what they want he looked up in his uh you know uh, order system found what it was and tore the sheet in half and gave the customer kind of like what you get when you turn your dry cleaning in a number Um, And then he ordered the item. Then when the item came in, he called the person and told them that it was in. Um, Typically, you know, it was only a day or two. It doesn't take real long. But, But here was the thing that he did that I thought was just absolutely ingenious was he said it was not uncommon when he called somebody to tell them that their item was in. For the person to kind of embarrassed or sheepishly respond, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I found something else. I really don't need that anymore. Um, and And what he did was he turned that into the most positive response. He says, oh, Mrs. Jones, I'm so glad you got what you needed. You know, don't worry about this. I can return it. That's no problem just remember anytime you need anything, I'm here to help. And I just thought that was an ingenious way to respond to that, because you do have people who ask you to order stuff and they never come in and get it. And and then they're embarrassed to come back in the store. So uh, have you done anything like that or can you- Yeah, so
0: we we do this uh, almost the same thing. We have a form, special order form, and we write uh, all the detail uh, of the product needed and uh, uh, person's name and their contact number. And we tell them that we'll call you depending on what is available, whether it's one day, two day. And uh, as soon as uh, uh, it gets in, that's the first thing we do, we call them. And if they say, oh, I was passing by and I bought it. I said, absolutely no problem. We can return it. Or if you are using it on a regular basis, we will keep it stocked, so that works both
1: ways. Yeah, so that's even be better. better. That's yeah. even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that works very well. Well, and you know, it, it's it it goes to one of those things that I think too many pharmacy owners don't realize is their competitive advantage in the marketplace is exactly doing that. The the guy who's running the Walmart store. got no ability to do that kind of stuff so it comes back to where we started is you know the key to your business philosophy is getting to know your people not only by name but getting to know them by need and desire um
0: no no doubt about that
1: yeah so uh uh something was mentioned a little while ago about you being able to pull some strings with the state health department. And, um, you know, nasser one of the things that I'm most impressed by in reading your bio is your volunteer service to the pharmacist society for the state in New York to you're currently serving on the state pharmacy board, as I understand. Um, all that stuff takes time. How do, you, how do you find time to give back to the profession so much? And how does it pay you back?
0: Okay, so, uh, Bruce, I, I believe in, um, in, in, in my religion, there is something called uh, or or charity. So I believe in if you, and charity is not just giving money away, Charity is whatever qualities God has given you, you share with others. And that's what I believe in. So I believe in sharing the knowledge. I believe in my uh, abilities to help people. I believe in uh, whatever I can do physically, mentally, or spiritually. I share it with the people, whether it's profession, whether it's my community, whether it's my neighbor. So... Uh, and, And how does the time come? The time, I think God knows your interest and willingness to do good. And that automatically gives you the blessing of within that time, you achieve what you want to achieve. And that's why I'm involved with all these organizations to serve the community, to serve the, whether it's civic organizations like Lions Club, whether it's religious community like my mosque, uh, whether it's uh, professional organizations like Pharmacy Society of State of New York. I was the, uh, I, I was the only and the first uh, uh, Muslim and Pakistani to head that uh, statewide uh, uh, organization. And I'm very proud of that. And right now I'm serving, uh, since 2014, uh, you mentioned uh, New York State Board of Pharmacy. And currently I am serving as vice chair in addition, I'm involved with the Pakistani American Pharmacy Association and CPA at uh, different uh, committee levels, Hudson Valley Pharmacy Society, APHA, um, and uh, still working on different uh, uh, committees on uh, Pharmacy Society of State of New York. So that well, is a blessing I have, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue doing as, as long as I can.
1: Well, and it's it's a good thing that you've got uh, your son there who can actually take time to fill prescriptions then, right? So yeah. um uh, it's uh that's a wonderful that's a wonderful testament and testimony and and you know I, I I run into pharmacists all the time who are reluctant or even reluctant to join and eager to badmouth the state pharmacy association or the national associations and uh, you know, it, at the end of the day, um, it's the people who are in there pitching and and sacrificing their time and their resources to make things happen, and uh, we need more people to pitch in and help. Um, so, it's a so, big- so the
0: so the philosophy there is that they those people who are uh, really objecting and criticizing. Uh, these uh, wonderful associations and organizations is what they can do for me. Here it is what I can do for the profession, what I can do for this association, which is my professional association fighting for my profession. So that's the difference in thinking and that's where I think uh, a lot of people do not uh, um, do the right thing.
1: Well, and, and, and well said, and, and thank you for your service. So I'm going to bring this to a close by asking Rehan one more question. So you've been in the pharmacy over there about five or six years. Is there something that you think you guys are doing there that we haven't chatted about yet that would be a benefit for your peers to hear, um, some special services that you're providing, uh, You know, I don't know what you're obviously doing a bang up job with with the the COVID stuff, but anything else uh, in the practice there that you'd like to close with?
2: So we also try to uh, again, we have a vast uh, patient uh, population, but uh, we really try to help those in need. And and with the drug prices the way that they are, um, there are different organizations that we work with to try to help pay for um, whether it's the services, whether it's the uh, prescriptions that patients aren't able to pay for out of pocket themselves um, and and really try to bring them together and get them the help that they need. So those organizations um, that are around our community, that's who we try to work with uh, specifically for those patients in need that can't afford those, uh, those prices. Um, So, so that's, that's one main thing that we really have tried to bring on and, and again, try to help whatever we can for the community uh, do as much as we can. So that's, that's, I mean, uh,
1: with these organizations, would they be government agencies or charitable agencies or patient care uh, assistance programs? I mean, uh, elaborate on that just a little bit.
2: There are foundations um, that we're working with. Uh, one is, for example, it's, it's called Community Action. Um, so they have funds that are specific to um, having these kind of payments taken care of. Um, and, and obviously, there's they, they do their own checks. They have to speak with the patients and, and get them approved uh, according to their um, income and then to become qualified to be, become part of that program then uh, we can work with them and uh, get them the help or or, or um, medication that they require and need.
1: That's wonderful. Thanks for sharing that. Nasur, any final word that you'd like to share with your colleagues? I think you got in a pretty good click a minute ago about the uh, association and service, but anything else?
0: Yeah, to, so to my colleagues, uh, my plea is to... to... Uh, be in it to win it. You got to get involved. You got to be part of the associations and strengthen their uh, hands in all the fights we are fighting. Uh, our major uh, uh, issue is the mail order, and all the states are working on uh, controlling and uh, reining in the power of pbms pharmacy benefit managers and their practices so if you don't strengthen their hands we will lose those battles i think we are gaining grounds now most of the states have passed legislations to rein in their powers and we are right at the brink of uh, that success so i just plead to everyone to get involved and and uh strengthen ncpa strengthen the state organizations apha and uh, get involved that's the name of the game you cannot fight it alone
1: be in it to win it that's the uh that it exactly. takes every it takes everything we've got
0: exactly
1: gentlemen it's an honor thank you so much for participating in this episode of Pharmacy Crossroads. Um that will do it for today and thank you very much and to the Pharmacy Crossroads listeners until next time be in it to win it. Thank you. With more than 2000 member pharmacies in 45 states, the Compliant Pharmacy Alliance or CPA is America's premier group purchasing and pharmacy management organization. If you are looking for new, more, or better ways to run a profitable pharmacy, then you might want to talk with someone at CPA. Find out more at CompliantRx.com, or better yet, send an email to sales at CompliantRx.com. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Crossroads. If you're interested in talking with Bruce, please contact the show. Visit PharmacyCrossroads.com. We look forward to hearing from you.